Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Class is now in session. Jermaine Flood in with you today and in with me today for this special Chalkboard Chat slate session is a Toastmasters club. This is the Echelon Toastmasters 12146 for one coming out of Jackson, Mississippi. And I am just so glad to have them here to tell us all about Toastmasters. Tell us maybe a little bit about Toastmasters International. If you don't know about Toastmasters following this slate session, you surely will. And you more than likely will want to join a Toastmasters club of your own. But let's go ahead and get started. Toastmaster, as defined by the dictionary now, is a person responsible for proposing toast, introducing speakers, and making other formal announcements at a large social event. Now, Toastmasters International lists that as a nonprofit educational organization that operates clubs worldwide for the purpose of promoting communication, public speaking, and leadership. And right now, I'd like to introduce to the chat Toastmaster of the day that is going to be Toastmaster Gray. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat, Toastmaster Gray. I'm delighted to be here big time, especially after that wonderful introduction you gave. I must say your diction and your flow is amazing when you <laughs> when you talk. So I Thank just wanted to say that, you know, as an experienced Toastmaster. Thank you, Toastmaster Gray. I'm not I'm not formally trained. I did go to college a little bit for it, but <laughs> this is just something. Mama was from Buffalo, New York. Dad was from Vicksburg, Mississippi. I grabbed both of those and melded them together, and that's what you get out of my voice right now. So sound a little bit like them both. But I am just so glad to have you all here. I was fortunate enough to be able to join in a Toastmaster session with you all not too long ago, so I'm glad to be able to have you all on Chalkboard Chat to just discuss Toastmasters in general. So I want to go ahead and just dip and dive our toes right into the subject of Toastmasters. Tell me about Toastmasters and your history with Toastmasters. Why did you join? Well, me personally, it was a guy that I looked up to big time. He was a mentor of mine. He was like the Obama of the college campus down at USM, that's University of Southern Mississippi. He was one of the most eloquent speakers I've ever seen in my life. And I asked him about it. And of course, he told me to meet him on a Tuesday morning at seven o'clock at the hospital. He says he wants to introduce me to Toastmasters. And so a 19-year-old kid now getting up in my freshman year in college at any time that's not associated with going to a class was something that was a little bit outside of the ordinary for myself. But I decided to go. And then coming into the meeting, I did notice that you have various people from various walks of life, as you all can probably see here on our chat today. And I fell in love with the idea of being taught how to properly address an audience. I was afraid of public speaking, period. I was afraid of getting in front of anyone and talk and talking for any length of time. And so 
getting in there. And then I saw that I would have a curriculum that would teach me skill for skill, exactly what steps I need to take to improve. I am in business and I know that communication is something that's important. So I've been involved since I was 19. So I'm now 34 years old. So I'm 15 years in the game. And I must say that it's been a blessing to me and the various other folk that I've had the chance of interacting with. They tell me that I do okay. <laughs> so that's why so that's why i love it though i love it yeah as long as it ain't yourself telling you you're the best now i'm playing <laughs> i think it's me i think it's me. That, that's amazing that you've been doing it for that okay. long i'm amazed at it all and especially since i'm just now being introduced to toastmasters how has this helped you gain the knowledge that you're using today well really and truly like, for example, the last project that I worked on, it's all mentorship, ironically. When you go through the project, I learned about the various leadership styles. I was able to identify my own and it made me understand even more because, see, I have a business and it made me understand which steps I need to take with different types of people. And it made me pay attention to both my strengths and my weaknesses. And I learned it all here in Toastmasters. And I didn't mention that. Every sales book that I've read, you know, any books that, you know, talks about sales and and how to improve in management, they all reference joining a Toastmasters club. And so when I read my first book, How to Master the Art of Selling, Tom Hopkins references joining a Toastmasters club. And ironically, I had already been involved with one and I was sheepishly going on my way with it. So (laughs) that's good stuff. I mean, especially with Toastmasters bringing together people from all different backgrounds to share their skills and become better communicators. I just think it's a great thing. So I want to pose this question to Toastmaster Gaynor, who is speaker of the day. Toastmaster Gaynor, can you give me a little bit about why Toastmasters has worked for you? Yes, I joined this Toastmasters group. It's been over a year ago now. And I joined Toastmasters because I am a natural introvert. And so speaking and public speaking is something that I have always struggled with personally. But as a professional, as someone who sometimes has to speak out in the public, I wanted to get better. And this was a safe space for me. Toastmaster Holmes actually invited me to the meeting. And I actually joined because I did want to enhance my leadership skills, my speaking skills. And so coming into this group and seeing all these nice faces and it was a place where, you know, it was a kind of a fun atmosphere. I have really enjoyed getting to know them better, but also improving my communication skills. That's good stuff. Toastmaster Hammond, if you could tell me what benefits that you've gotten out of being a member of this Toastmaster Echelon Club? One of the benefits that I've gotten out of being a member of the Toastmasters Club is being able to relate to various people from all walks of life on a personal level. Uh, It appealed to me not necessarily because I was afraid of public speaking. It actually appealed to me because I had a sense of fear of dealing with people that I didn't know and how to relate and not deal with that awkwardness sometimes, you know, you run out of things to say. That's what actually attracted me to it. And I happened to bump into uh, Toastmaster Gray one day and we were talking and he invited me to the, the meeting and I quickly recognized that it would be a good place to connect with and a great bunch of good people. And as Toastmaster Gaynor just spoke of, it was a safe place that you can learn and grow. 
So in all, the reason why I joined Toastmasters was to work on some, some skills that I, I recognized that I needed, and it certainly has provided a safe atmosphere for me to develop those skills. Right. I like the idea of learning how to fill that void or that gap in conversation. And the way you all evaluate the session is so great because it does help you <laughs> to figure out where your problems are. And just full disclosure, Chalkboard Chat started last year. We're about a year in. This is our season three. First episode. Now, I've been in radio since 2003. First episode, I sat down with Tara Wren. She and I did it. And when I went back to listen to that episode, I had about 60 us in there. And I cried like a baby, literally cried like a baby because I was like, how am I going to be on Oprah's level with all of these us? <laughs> so when I met y'all, I was like, oh my gosh, y'all are really counting them and, you know, really doing it. And I had to do it myself, pull, tug and tear last year of trying to help cut down some of what I was doing in between my thought process. So it's it's a great place that you can come to as Toastmasters to be able to come and get that skill filled in basically for you. So thank you for that, Toastmaster Hammond. Now, I want to throw this next to Table Topics, Toastmaster Holmes. I see you. Toastmaster Holmes, can you tell me why this club, Echelon Toastmasters 121-4641, is right for you? Fellow Toastmasters and future Toastmaster Flood, I believe that this Echelon Toastmasters Club is best for me because it's family. This is the club I was introduced to by Toastmaster L. Gray. I kind of feel like he made me come. We were sharing an office and he just told us we needed to come and we need to be here. And so I was glad I did come and I've learned a lot. Unlike Toastmaster Gainer, I am not shy and had already been doing a lot of speaking. And I got to Toastmasters and realized that I say all kinds of stuff wrong. Like I usually say Toastmaster instead of Toastmaster. I like to say kind of instead of kind of. And all the words got the ings at the end, like speaking. I like to say speaking. And so I learned those things about myself through coming, by coming to Toastmasters. And so I'm glad I'm here because I speak a lot and I need to clean all that up. <laughs> they got me for that too, Toastmaster Holmes, on, <laughs> on me because I was like, and you know what? <laughs> I throw a little extra in there on the end, so I could definitely relate to that. Toastmaster Cloyd, I want to go ahead and throw you into the chat right now. You are now timekeeper. Is that what I, you're the timer? So you're the person who keeps time. Can you tell me about that position? And to my audience, Toastmasters, the club has a ton of assignments that they give out to their members. So everybody has a part to play inside of their Toastmaster meetings and sessions. But Toastmaster, Timer Cloyd, <laughs> can you tell me exactly what it is you do as Timer and why it's so important to have you in the mix of this Toastmaster session? Yes, man. Yes, man. Fellow Toastmasters and future Toastmaster Club. So the Timer's report is for most meetings and speaking events, usually have a time limit that people have to speak within to not extend the meeting. So my primary goal here is to make sure that everyone stays within their time parameter for whichever speech they're doing. 
Each paper topic had a time limit. Each speech had a time limit. Even the evaluators have a time limit. So we all could stay within our allotted time frame. And we're given 30 seconds of room to go over. And also the time report is also for new new members because it's the easiest role to fill. And so like Toastmaster Gray said, most beginners start here. And in Toastmasters, you get what you put in. And so upon me being a part of Toastmasters, I may have stepped outside of a role maybe once or twice. And I've only always been the timer. And that's the reason why I wasn't experiencing growth. Like you may mention in the beginning, I did it indeed leave and come back. But it's because he pointed out to me, you wasn't taking advantage of the curriculum to grow. And only staying in a timer's role makes you comfortable, but it stunts your growth. So the timer, in a nutshell, is to just keep everyone within a time parameter and tell people some people like to go over and just add so many words. My job is just to help them stay within the time limit by displaying, of course, a red car when they're going over, a yellow car when they're getting close, and a green arrow when they finally reaching their point of their time frame. Right. And I'm noticing, too, you all are keeping time. I <laughs> So I'm noticing those answers are right on time with the time that you all do anyway. So that's amazing stuff. I mean, literally what you all do in the meeting, you are all doing here on the interview. And I just think it's so great. Toastmaster Sawyer, as evaluator, can you let my audience know what exactly your position entails? Absolutely. Thank you so much for asking me to speak and to our fellow Toastmasters. My role today is actually to be the evaluator. And what I like about being the evaluator is I have the opportunity to use my active listening skills, which is one of the reasons why I became a Toastmaster. That was an area that I lacked in active speaking. And I learned as a communicator to be a competent communicator, you have to be able to listen well as much as you speak. And I consider myself to have the gift of gab. I've never been one to shy away from speaking, but when it came to listening and listening effectively, that was an area that I had weaknesses in. So I am able to listen to the speaker, the prepared speaker today, and tell that speaker what they did well, what things they can work on, and what things that they can do to challenge themselves to speak further. Right, you are one of the teachers in my opinion, you're the person who's grading. In addition to Toastmaster Arius, Toastmaster Arius is the one that I'm scared of the most. That's the counter. She <laughs> she holds the counter assignment. And that's what I was talking about, Toastmaster Arius, on the first chalkboard chat interview that I did. I literally went back and I could have counted about 60 us. So can you tell me exactly what your position entails and let somebody know why they should join Toastmasters? Thank you. That's a great question, Ms. Floyd. So as an ad counter, you have to be a very active listener. Okay. And it's very hard, especially when people speak. Sometimes we get so caught up in what they're saying and especially the speakers, they have amazing stories, right? But you have to listen with a double consciousness almost, the content and everything, right? Entertaining, but you also have to listen for any mistakes. Uh, um, um, sometimes people mispronounce certain words, like Miss Holmes say, ing instead of ing. And so you, you have to look out for things that are doesn't sound as proper as they should, also ahs and ums. And then you have to give a report at the end of the meeting. You not only count while only the speakers, you count it for the entire meeting from the moment that it starts. So you catch everybody. So that's, that's not, the role. That's not fair. That's not fair. 
right. You would think it would only be the speakers, but it's for everybody. So no, you know, nobody's safe, as they say. If you want to improve, if you want to improve in public speaking. So for me personally, I'm the type of person, let me say with cooking, for example, somebody can, I can look at somebody cooking and they're like, oh, I just showed you how to cook. I'm like, no, I have to do it myself. Then I can say, I know how to do it. And I feel like that's how speaking is. You can read a book about it. You can take a class about it. But until you practice, you know, it's just, you're not going to get better at it. Toastmasters allows you to have a safe space for you to speak. You're going to get evaluated. You're going to become aware of things as a speaker that no one's going to point out to you, right? In a regular setting, people are not going to tell you, hey, you just said 30 ahs, 20 ums. No one's going to do that for you, right? And the beautiful thing about Toastmasters is that everyone is there to learn. Nothing is said in a way that's judgmental or trying to stab you, right? Everything is made to make you better. And the system works. So the way that they have designated the system of having all these different roles, they're all designated to help you. The timer, make sure you don't overspeak or underspeak the odd counter, grammarian, things that you become aware of, and they give you tips on how to get better. And all the different roles also prepare you for like a professional setting as well. Right. So those are all the benefits. And I would suggest that anybody that wants to be a better speaker or is shy or doesn't or doesn't feel even comfortable just speaking in front of others, it's a great thing to do. Thank you, Toastmaster Arias. Now, of course, Toastmaster Holmes is running as Table Topics, and she is one of the ones who has joined us as well, and she's also spoken. Toastmaster Hammond is running the assignment as General Evaluator. And back to Toastmaster Gray, who is Toastmaster of the Day. Toastmaster Gray, how do you pick who gets to be Toastmaster of the Day? <laughs> Well, the cool thing about being in the club setting is that the curriculum, first off, in order to get certain designations, you have to serve in certain roles within the club. And so you may have a project comes up that wants you to work on being able to give quality introductions, listening, that may be something a part of. And so it may require you to become Toastmaster of the day. So you request it. And so upon requesting that role, we just assign you for the next meeting. And then all in all, what usually happens is once everyone gets to the end of a meeting, we all know who needs to do what for the next one, if that makes sense. So yeah. basically you just request it and we put you there. And if, of course, you need to knock it out for an assignment, we put you there. Right. Well, I cannot wait to get started on our session for our Chalkboard Chat listeners. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and start with that session. Hi, I'm Jermaine Flood. Join me for Chalkboard Chat, a MPB education podcast dedicated to providing up-to-date resources for teachers, parents, guardians, students, and education enthusiasts. Each episode will feature knowledgeable experts and interesting guests. Chalkboard Chat. For more information, visit education.mpbonline.org. Class is now in session. First thing first, I do want to render the word of the day. The word of the day today is rankle. All right. Rankle means to cause anger, irritation or bitterness. Use as an example, just one caveat. Big swaths of this book are fiction, which may rankle readers who are eager to sink their teeth into a good nonfiction book. 
So today's word of the day, rankle, meaning once again, to cause anger, irritation, or bitterness. Word of the day is rankle. It will be put in the chat. Each time it's utilized, we're going to make sure we applaud using the spirit fingers, being that we're using a virtual platform here, even if it's in the middle of a prepared speech. So at this time, speaking of which, we're going to dive right into our prepared speech segment. And already, like already mentioned today, our prepared speech is none other than Toastmaster Gainer. The purpose of her project that she will be working on today is to deliver speech with awareness of your intentional and unintentional body language, as well as to learn, practice, and refine how to use nonverbal communication when delivering a speech. This is a five to seven minute speech. That means the green light will be turned on at five minutes. The yellow light will be turned on at six minutes. And then the red light will be turned on at seven minutes until our speaker concludes. And she, by the way, is working on her presentation mastery pathway. This is a level two speech. The title of her speech is read my lips, not my face. Read my lips, not my face. Toastmaster Gainer. Thank you, Toastmaster of the day, Gray, fellow Toastmasters and distinguished guests. Do what I say and not what I do. Raise your hand if you have ever heard that statement before. I think most of us have heard that statement in our lifetime, probably from our parents, grandparents, teachers, or some type of authority figure. I have always felt like that statement is a little hypocritical, especially when I became a parent because children are sponges and children model everything that parents do. I have three children myself. I have... Um, my oldest is 18, is 18, second 14, and I also have an eight-year-old. I know I do not look that old, but I do have three children, and I have an almost 19-year-old. And so as a parent, I've always said, I'm going to model this great behavior. Um, I would never tell my children, do what I say and not what I do. Now, I also had great parents, and they never told me that, and so they gave me really good examples to model. But even though... I may have not said that situation or that conversation or statement to them. I have been hypocritical as a parent and also in relationships. One of the things that when I was going through this, mod this module and I was going through this lesson, I struggle sometimes with body language, right? A lot of times I struggle with how my face comes across. And so that led me to this title of read my lips and not my face. And especially as a parent, a lot of times I struggle with that. One of the things that um, really concerned me when I became a mother is I did not want to be the mean mama. I did not want to be the mama where my children was like, oh, I don't like my mama, she mean. And I struggle with that disciplinarian role. Thank God for my husband, you know, we work together. But I struggle with that. And as my husband tells me, my children know that. And so they take advantage of me. <laughs> in that area. Our children are very, uh, they are some comedians. And so a lot of times when I'm having conversations with them, or I may be getting on to them on something that they're doing, guess what? They are laughing at me sometimes. They are joking with me to throw me off. And so I may say, hey, you, um, you know, you're going to get punished or, you know, you need to turn your phone in. They're going, well, mama, you just, you tripping, mama. You know, they'll say something funny and I'm laughing and then I'm going, 
no, am I being hypocritical because they're supposed to be listening to me. I'm supposed to be giving this discipline out. But here I am telling them, oh, okay, read my lips, but not my face. <laughs> and so a lot of times I've had to pause sometimes and go into the next room, calm down some, laugh, and come back to it. Or sometimes I have to get my husband um, to kind of help me, you know, like wrangle them in. And so in a situation like that, I have had to be very intentional with that relationship with my children, but also just other relationships. Now, in my career, it's easy for me to not be a hypocrite in that area. As a mental health professional, you know, I'm very, um, I, I have those skills where I'm an active listener. I'm able to effectively, you know, like communicate that body language to people um, and really empathize with them. But when it comes to sometimes, you know, me and my husband, you know, we may have disagreements and guess what? I may not always say things in the most loving manner. I love you, but you know, my face may, you know, look a little angry. Uh, you know, my eyes may get to, you know, <laughs> may get to sometimes going opposite ways. And like you said, but your tone. And so I have to really watch that and say, okay, am I coming across as someone who is not being genuine and not being authentic by saying, well, you know, I'm being respectful, even though, you know, my body language is not respectful, but what I'm saying is respectful, but is it really? Am I being a hypocrite because I'm saying, read my lips, but don't look at my face, don't look at my body language. And so that's something that I really have to work on. Even sometimes we communicate with my friends or sometimes with strangers. I know that um, sometimes somebody may say something to me quick and sometimes I'm just like, what? Like, what you mean by that? You know, and I may not mean anything by it, but <laughs> if someone doesn't know me, they're like, oh, that she's rude. You know, you're not coming off as this person. You're not coming off as genuine. And so that's something I really have to work on is just making sure that my face and my um, body language and also my communication is in sync with each other. Because if not, I can come across as, you know, hey, I got the attitude. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. And you just going to have to deal with it. But trying to be a better, effective communicator, I am trying to learn to not just say, read my lips and not my face, but be authentic where my character, my communication, and my nonverbal behavior lines up effectively. And so thank you for listening to me today and hope you learned something from this speech. I now return it back over to our Toastmaster of the day. Wonderful job, Toastmaster Gainer. And I would like to ask real quick, we are recording this, am I correct? All right, great, because I think my wife, she needed to hear Toastmaster Gainer's speech simply because she's, I mean, right in there with you. I mean, just you just revealed the connection that y'all have because, man, oh, man, I tell all the time, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not <laughs> what you're saying because I'm looking at you and that tone and body language. Good Lord. Anyways, I can go on. You know what? I'm giving a speech on body language and tonality. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure she's present too, by the way. And I'm going to make sure that I, y'all don't tell her what I said. But anyways, moving on. All right. What I'm going to do now here is call upon our table topic master. Our table topic master is none other than Toastmaster Q Holmes. So I'm going to just relinquish control of the meeting over to Toastmaster Q Holmes.
Thank you so much, Toastmaster Gray and fellow Toastmasters. The purpose of my role as Table Topic Master is to help us to work on our impromptu speaking. Our table topics usually last from one to two minutes. At the one minute mark, the green light will come on. At the one and a half minute mark, the yellow light will come on. And at the two minute mark, the red light will come on. I think it's so cool, Toastmaster Gaynor, that you mentioned about, really, you talked about communication a bit in your, and in, in how and why and all that. It's one of the questions that I want to propose today has to do with communication. What do you think is the hardest part about communicating effectively? What do you think is the hardest part about communicating effectively? I'm going to lend that one to our future Toastmaster Flood. Thank you, Toastmaster Holmes. I was hoping that you'd come to me with this question and what I feel is, I guess the linchpin in good communication is someone who can be a great listener. If I'm communicating and on the other end, that person is not effectively listening to respond back to me, then that's gonna be a problem because I'm trying to convey a message and then that person in turn is no longer even on the the message that I'm trying to convey and they've either moved on or they've just shut off completely because they're not effectively listening. And also as an effective listener, an effective response is, is something that should be given as well. So Toastmaster Gray, it's funny that you were trying to compare your wife to Toastmaster Gaynor in that sense, because I am married to a man who will listen, but won't respond sometimes. And I don't know if anybody quite knows how that feels, but I can say, hon, do you want dinner tonight? And he'll just listen. And then three minutes later, I say, did you hear what I said? Would you like dinner? And then he'll say, yeah, that's fine. Now, three minutes ago, I thought you could have said the same thing, but it's just trying to figure out different communication skills as well. That could be a linchpin too. So I'm a type A, my husband is a total type B. I'm an extrovert, my husband is an introvert. So just trying to get that communication involved and in trying to figure out how that person communicates and how that person responds and again, going back to an effective listener, that is going to be the linchpin in great communication. That is my session thing. <laughs> I didn't use the word of the day, but I tried. Thank you so much, future <laughs> Toastmaster Flood. Give us an example of a time you were I like to call it tangled up in your communication with someone. You were tangled up, meaning it was tough. It got to that weird, awkward spot. You didn't know if you will get to the other side. You were at a crossroad and you made it to the other side. Toastmaster Sawyer, tell us about that experience. Thank you, Madam Table Topics Master and fellow Toastmasters. When I think about a situation where I thought I wasn't going to get basically from one side to the other, 
I would say it had to be going from being single and not being a mother to becoming a wife and becoming a mother. That has been, I would say, probably the biggest challenge that I've had to experience, but it has been a very rewarding experience for me because during this time, I have learned so much about myself. Uh, my husband has taught me so much. My daughter, she's five years old, and those who have connect, been able to connect with us on social media, they can see how she definitely keeps me going and keeps me on my toes, but that was a, a life-changing experience for me because I was really at a place where I was like, oh my God, how am I going to adjust from this place until now I'm in a whole different place in my life. And of course, it's no longer about me. I've never considered myself to be a selfish person, but just knowing how to adjust because I've always wanted to do everything with a sense of excellence because I know who I serve. And I didn't want to let my husband down. I didn't want to let my daughter down because they do uh, depend on me for a lot. And I realized that all I have to do is be who God created me to be. And I know if I be who God created me to be, me shifting from being who I was, that single lady, that single woman with no children to now becoming a wife and becoming a mother, I cherish the moment. And now I know that I'll be able to help others to do the same. Thank you. Thank you so much, Toastmaster Sawyer. And I'll propose this last one to someone. This last one is about credit. Who taught you what you know about credit? And what are your thoughts about it today? Who taught you what you know about credit? And what are your thoughts about it today? Toastmaster audience, are you raising your hand? <laughs> okay, go right ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Toastmaster Holmes. Let's talk about credit. Okay, guys. I'm, I actually want to do a whole speech about credit, man, because credit is exciting and it's it's just amazing. I just get it in, everybody. I want to give you an announcement. As of yesterday, I've been working a long time to get my credit, but as of yesterday, I now have access to um, almost $20,000 in personal credit. And we like do a client clap, loud, quiet clap. I'm so excited. It took me a very long time to get here. But to answer the question, what did we learn about credit? Being an immigrant, being somebody that didn't grow up in America, coming here, I often had to be the public speaker for my parents in this public world in America, right? So in the household, everybody spoke Spanish. When we're out in the world, I always had to be the translator, right? In this new language that I was learning. So obviously, my parents couldn't pass on any knowledge about credit. They were trying to figure out how the American system works. I went to college, high school. I went to all of that. Also, unfortunately, as you all know, they also don't teach credit. So it's something that I, I actually, when I graduated, I actually started working in a bank and I got so interested about money and learning about finances. And as a banker, and I actually started working in credit cards, right? And I learned how to read financial statements. Um, I learned how to read. I used to have access to people's credit report, you know? So I learned a lot just in my own profession and as a own personal curiosity. And I bought a lot of books. Um, so I learned through my job, to be honest. Um, and I saw what good credit looked like, what bad credit looked like, um, what good financial habits looked like, what bad financial habits looked like. So, but it was still hard to apply those lessons in my personal life. And then recently, there is a lot of people right now um, online and social media that are teaching these topics, you know? And I've been on a journey, 
I've been on a journey for like the last year and a half to learn more about it, to learn more about business credit. And it, it's just a game. Just like some people know football, some people know basketball, some people are good in the kitchen. You have to learn what the rules are. You got to learn what the blueprint is. You follow it and everything falls into place. So that, that's all I'm going to say about that. Learn the blueprint, follow it, and, you know, get help. If you don't know what you're doing in credit, and most people don't, just get help. And there's a lot of resources available now that weren't around 20 years ago. So thank you. And I bring that back to Mrs. Holmes. Thank you so much, everybody, for participating in this portion of our meeting. I will now turn it back over to our Toastmaster of the day. All right, wonderful job, everyone. Thank you so much, Toastmaster Q Holmes. We've heard it all that time. We heard someone make a transition into what being a wife and, and parent and looks like that's been driving her crazy. And then we have Toastmaster Audius who's been out here, you know, learning, I mean, getting after it when it comes to you know, learning about financial matters. And then of course, we heard from someone, they have the yin yang ordeal going on in their relationship where we have the the, the classic, the classic personality relationship mesh where you have the introvert and the extrovert come together and holding matrimony and, and make it happen and do all that stuff that come along with it and get on each other's nerves in the, in the process. All right. So sounds pretty much like marriage. What y'all think? But anyways, anyways, I digress. All right. Moving on to our last segment of our meeting is where we get an opportunity to hear positive feedback from our peers so we can continue to grow as communicators and leaders. So with that being said, I'm going to relinquish control of the meeting over to none other than our general evaluation and Toastmaster Hammond. Fellow Toastmasters and honored guests, as general evaluator, my job is to evaluate the overall effectiveness of the meeting. Fortunately, I don't have to do this alone. I have a team to help out. With that said, we'll move right along. Our first speaker is going to be Toastmaster Gaynor. She will be evaluated by Toastmaster Sawyer. And please, Toastmaster Sawyer, can you give an evaluation for Toastmaster Gaynor? Thank you. Mr. General Evaluator, fellow Toastmasters, our most esteemed guests, and especially Toastmaster Gainer. Read my lips, not my face. Do what I say and not what I do. Wow. Yes, I've heard that plenty of times, and I'm one that usually tells my best friend, please let me know when my facial expression changes because I don't know what I'm saying to others. Sometimes it's funny but I never know when I'm offending someone else. Today, you really caught our attention. You helped us to think about something that is so important, first as leaders and also as communicators, not just professionally, but in our day-to-day -day life with our families, our friends, and our loved ones. Today, Toastmaster Gaynor, you excelled with your vocal clarity, you use great hand gestures. Although we're here on a virtual platform, I could see that you were using your hand gestures as you were expressing what you had to say. And you made sure your audience was aware. You had all of our attention. I like how you stress about how facial expressions can be perceived wrong. As a result of that, the person on the other end can get to a place where they are rankled. They feel like they are being offended or we can be offensive to them. So thank you so much for reminding us of the importance of how we communicate with others with our facial expressions. I also like the fact that you spoke from a place of authenticity because you were very transparent 
about your personal experiences at home. And we all can relate to that. I also like the fact that you added humor when you were sharing your points. That's very important because we don't always have to be serious when we're being transparent and when we're sharing things that we know that we can work on. So again, thank you for that. The things that you may wanna work on is I would have liked for you to recap or share three points so that we can know what we can do when we leave here today, we can go and apply those things to our daily lives. Also, you may wanna work on your vocal variety. You had great content, you had our attention, but when you're elaborating, you wanna let us know that, hey, you're firm about what you have to say. So use your vocal variety. And to challenge yourself, continue to be authentic with your character and your communication. You have a beautiful smile and you have a lot to say that's gonna help other people. I look forward to hearing more speeches from you, Toastmaster Gainer. Thank you, Mr. General Evaluator. Thank you, Toastmaster Sawyer. Next, we'll have our timer served by Toastmaster Cloyd. This is the timer's report. Fellow Toastmasters and our esteemed guests soon to be Toastmaster. For the speech, it was to be five to seven minutes. And Toastmaster Gannon came in at five minutes and 40 seconds. Table topics are to be between one to two minutes. The first table topic went to Freecher Toastmaster Flood and her time was one minute and 55 seconds. The second table topic went to Toastmaster Sawyer and her time was one minute and 40 seconds. And the third table topic went to Toastmaster Arias and her time was two minutes and 25 seconds. And you are allowed a 30 second margin so she's still within time margin. The evaluator, Toastmaster Sawyer, is to be between two to three minutes and she came in right at two minutes and 58 seconds. Then that concludes the Tamish report. Thank you, Toastmaster Cloyd. And finally, we'll have our, our counter and grammarian. Serving that capacity is Toastmaster Arts. Thank you very much. So first I wanna say, I did not catch anybody saying the word of the day. If someone did correct me, you, you said it once, Mr. Hammond? There was two people, Evaluator Sawyer and Gainer said it. All right. Well, congratulations using the word of the day. And what I call Miss Holmes doing, I wrote it down, so I don't know exactly how she said it, but I guess not pronouncing the G at the end, coming. I think she said coming instead of with the G sound. Kind of missed that. And Miss Nadia Gaynor, I just wanted to say there's been so much improvement from the last speech. If you remember, there was like every other word was um. This speech, I mean, such an amazing improvement. I didn't catch any arms, but I was going to say to keep going with that. And Mr. Gray had a couple of R's, about five R's. And that's it. That's all I call for everybody. Everybody did a good job. Bring it back to General Evaluator. Thank you, Toastmaster Arias. Overall, I think we had a very, very effective meeting. We had fun, which is very important, but we also learned and gained a lot. We did a great job of signing and having the roles filled ahead of time. So that made the transition into the meeting very smooth. And we also had an interview where everybody had an opportunity to participate and to share. Overall, I think we had a wonderful meeting. Look forward to the next one. Short on time, so I now return control back to the Toastmaster of the day. Wonderful job, Toastmaster Hammond, leading up that arguably the most important aspect of our meeting when we get to hear that feedback. And so at this time, what I'm going to do is make mention of the fact that we're going to 
communicate with you all via group me and email about signing up for next week's roles. So usually we do that at the end of the meeting. So we're not going to do that today for the sake of time. But what I'm going to do in closing is I'm going to open up the floor to soon to be future Toastmaster Flood. And I'm going to let her give her comments that she has about today's meeting. And then at that time, I'm going to come right back up and I'm going to adjourn our meeting. Toastmaster, great. Thank you so much for letting Echelon Toastmasters Club. This is club number 1214641. Join us here on Chalkboard Chat. Gave my audience a little something that they probably never had before, and I'm glad that they've gotten now. So maybe I'll have future Toastmasters coming behind my future Toastmaster self. And I'm just glad that you all came on and that is it for chalkboard chat class is now dismissed but back to you toastmaster gray all right well i thank each and every one of you all for joining us today if there's nothing else in our hearts and minds are satisfied our meeting is adjourned you've been listening to chalkboard chat an mpb education podcast to hear this episode and more visit education.mpbonline.org or download the mpb public media app to listen on your iphone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAS.